You're listening to Proropod. Welcome as we, Portia the lifelong fan and Amanda the first time reader, discover the books of Agatha Christie. We are sisters who live on opposite ends of the U.S. doing a quarantine project and who love to be soothed by British murder mysteries. In this shithole of a moment in history, it's nice to have Poirot or Miss Marple solve it all. Welcome to Poropod. Poropod. Today we are talking about. I, I first wrote Murder on the Nile, but it's Death on the Nile. Murder on the Nile, on the Nile. is a story yeah. and a play. Death on the Nile is this book, which I hated it. Yeah, I mean, it, that's interesting that you hated it. This is like the first one I've hated, except for like the big four, but I hated the big four for writing reasons <laughs> but this one like story it, reasons yeah i mean it was actually really well done it's a good book it's just that i found it disturbing and right don't like it the long con well we could get to it but we'll like, get into it okay so, so this takes place as the title implies on a boat on the nile yeah and of course really? our hero Praro is um on vacation and murderer goes wherever he vacations. Yep. And somehow there's only 10 white people that are traveling through the Middle East and Africa because <laughs> they keep, have you noticed this, that he keeps running into the same people Yeah, it's and true. they're um, um, American, English, uh, and uh, Italian. Mm-hmm. Um, but he runs into the same people several times and they're yeah, traveling true. through um, different parts of the Middle East and then the boat was going south of the Nile from Egypt down into what they were saying was Nubia, uh, which is now what we would say is Ethiopia. But um, And again, kind of like the last book, they start off with a preview. Right. So we, is- we get some backstory. Before Poirot's even in it, we we find some like way way back backstory about the friendships of the people that he's going to meet on the boat, right? And it's interesting because like yeah, unlike some of his other books that are like murder boom, this one is like the murders at the end. Like yeah, there, there's a good. It feels like almost halfway into the book before the mur- first murder, there ends up being three, but they're all related to the first one. So, like, that is a, such a big difference where... Yeah, it's a um, lot of build-up. A lot of build-up. Um, and so, yeah, the it, where I said last time where I was like, I didn't like it um, because uh, we had sympathy for the uh, victim because we got to know her from her point of view. We got to know the victim a lot. We knew her a lot. And so, yeah, so the setup is that there is a woman named Lynette Doyle who is like an heiress and she's beautiful. And they literally describe her as walking down the street and people are like, it's not fair. She's beautiful and she's rich and she's got everything going for her. Yeah, like everybody says that about her. Her BFF, Jacqueline de Belford, is um, not wealthy 
but is her friend from where i don't remember where they're friends from back from i mean because she's american she was an american heiress so okay lynette was american yeah and um but yeah they've been friends for a long time and so jacqueline comes over and she's like oh hey you're so successful and beautiful i have this fiance and okay look you are building a new house and he does landscaping could you do me a solid and hire him for this? Like if he sucks, you can fire him if, you know, but, but just give him a chance. Cause you know, it would really help us set up so that we could get married and have a successful future. And Lynette is like, sure, I'll, I will do that for you. And then we skip a bunch of time. Yeah. Flash forward to Lynette married that fiance. So her, her friend hired um, him and then, you know, basically stole her fiance from her. Right. And they keep making these references to you when the sun comes out, you can't see the moon. So Jacqueline is supposed to be the moon, but Lynette is such a bright star that, you know, once he met her, he just, he, you know, Lin, uh, his love with Jacqueline couldn't compete with Lynette's irresistibility or. And then. Um, irresistibility, irresistive. Yeah. State of being irresistible. Yeah. That's One, irresistibility. Yeah. I don't think that's the word. I don't think so. I think you. irresistibility is a word. Irresistibility. Oh, okay, this is going to be one of those things where you say it over and over again, and we're just going to mesmerize ourselves and be like, irresistibility. What is words? What are meanings? <laughs> irresistibility. The quality of being overpowering. All right, I did it. I made a word. I mean, I said a word that's a, word, a real word. <laughs> All right. So Lynette is irresistible. And so she basically steals Jacqueline's uh, fiance out from under her. And then and so he we jump. Was, he was county, which I don't know, because they talk about that term a lot. County, I think, means your family had money at some point. Uh, like okay. you were like. You have the breeding. You have the breeding. But we meet a lot of these the people in these novels where they had the breeding, but then there's no more money left. Right. So they're like, I still am a lady, but I don't have the money. And so then it's like all about. Okay. Know, I did not know that lady. term. Thank you for teaching me that. Cause I didn't even, especially I think when you're uh, audio reading or having story time, as we say, um, you know, you just kind of scan past those words. If I was reading it, I might be like County, like as an adjective. What is right. That? And so, yeah, I've, I've seen it um, a couple of times in her books and I've learned it through context. Okay, so that's the setup, is that Lynette has stolen Jacqueline's fiancé, and we're all like, well, she's the worst. And then we meet them again in Egypt? Yeah, I think they were in Egypt. Before they get on the cruise, they're vacationing right. somewhere. And basically, Lynette and Simon are honeymooning and Jacqueline is stalking them on their honeymoon. And it's yep. super awkward. Like they're just trying to have their romantic honeymoon and his ex just is everywhere being like, I'm going to make this weird because you guys are the worst. Which, you know, they, this is the part that's, it's so funny to me knowing how it turned out. There's so much setup of this. So much. Oh, and I forgot to say that somehow Poirot overheard um, Jackie and Simon before they met Lynette and they were talking about getting married and I forgot that 
That's right. Somehow he happened to be right because but so before yeah. Simon met Lynette, he happened to overhear Jacqueline with Simon, and he said, "This this girl loves him too much," or something like that. Right, right. Like he saw that Jackie loved the dude too much, but they were talking about getting married and. They were talking about meeting her friend and they were talking about um, honeymoon in, in Egypt. Oh, that's right. So even worse, um, like they're on the honeymoon that he was supposed to be on with his ex. Right, so she can be right. even more mad about that. So then Lynette approaches Proro and then Proro talks to Jackie and then Simon talks to Proro and there's just all this setup telling the story. Wait, 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 wait. So yeah, so so previous to all this, Praro overheard them, and then oh, Simon yeah. meets Lynette. Then he breaks up with Jacqueline, marries Lynette. They go on a honeymoon very quickly. It's like within a month. They get wow. married very fast, lesbian pace. And then Jacqueline stalks them on their honeymoon. And right. Praro happens to be, again, on the part, you know, vacationing in the same area as them. Right. And um, Jacqueline keeps being weird and stalkery, and then she says threatening things. So Lynette approaches Praro and says, hey, can you protect me from my crazy ex-friend who is stalking me on my honeymoon? And, and, and Praro says no. Right, and he throws a bunch of guilt at her. Like, why does it bother you? You're the worst. Why did you steal her fiancé? It bothers you because you know you did the wrong thing. Like, yeah. Because she's like, I told you why it bothers me. And he's like, no, you didn't. Yeah. Right. So, so, uh, Proro says no, but he does go to talk to Jacqueline and he says, don't do what you're planning to do. Basically, for your own sake, girl. He's like, girl, this is not healthy. Right. You know, he sounds very like an Instagram, you know, advice post. You know, he's just like, this is not healthy. You need to move on. Right. It's just hurting you. And she says, has this whole scene, which knowing what, when you know what, how it happens, which I did, I remembered this one. Um, more from the movie than the book, actually. Okay. Uh, Cause there was another movie starring uh, Albert Finney. And again, it was star studded. Um, and uh, Jackie was played by um, Mia Farrow. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And she's very young. And, you know, anyway. Uh, anyway. But. Uh, yeah, so no, she sets up this whole thing about being so angry. Albert and- Finney plays Praro? Or was this a Eustonoff one? I didn't. Is, is Albert Finney Praro sometimes? Yeah, he was all he was Praro in the original um, Murder on the Orient Express movie. Huh. And, I don't know and if I've now seen any of Kenneth those Branagh is um, doing no, Albert you Finney. You brought him up. I'm yeah. Because he's they're doing a new Death on the Mile movie. Boo! Are you mad about Kenneth like... Bra- Branagh or because of Death on the Nile or just all Both. of the above? I guess they can Both. have each other. <laughs> 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 okay, so where were we? Uh, so yeah, but I was kind of going about how, so I remember this because it was Mia Farrow. Uh, oh, right, right, right. That's where we were. I'm so angry. I, have, I was so just angry. Googling Albert Finney's face and I was like, I don't know him. I mean, I know him, but not as a Praro. 
Yeah, you know him as um, Daddy Warbucks. Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> yep. Gen X references. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, so. Oh, like, and he- um, Aaron Brockovich. Oh, and Aaron Brockovich. Yes, yes, That's yes. What I'm thinking about. Okay, go on. Uh, but um, so you know, Jackie's like, I'm so angry all the time, and I just want to. And he's like, Don't do this. Faro's like, Don't do this. He's and like, Girl, he this has... isn't healthy. You got to move on. Uh, and then um, Faro has a long conversation with Simon too. And and the way you know, we keep alluding to a twist. We're gonna try not to spoil it right away, but we keep alluding to a twist. But he says to Jacqueline, Don't do what you're planning to do. So it gives him a little bit of like wiggle room for as if he could have known more all along. But I don't think he tries to claim that. I was wrong. It was Peter Ustinov was um, Faro in this one. But I was right about Mia Farrow. Um, uh, And Betty Davis plays Mrs. Van Schuler. Uh the really rich um, American and Angela Lansbury plays Mrs. Audubon. Oh, I love Angela Lansbury. Oh, and I and love David, Peter Ustinov as Paro. And David Nevin plays Colonel Race. You're saying so yeah, many names. I know some of them. I know Angela Lansbury and I. I and Peter you know Ustinov. Maggie Smith because that's a. a McGonagall. McGonagall. She places the nurse, Mrs. Bowers, the, the nurse oh. of the rich old lady. So it's another one of those, like, it has all of the, like... Okay, I would like to watch that one. I'm not going to watch the Kenneth Branagh one. Yeah, the Kenneth Branagh Gail Godot is in, and it comes out next year. You're saying so many names. Gail... Wonder Woman. Gail Godot is Wonder Woman right now. She's in the new one coming out. Oh, new Wonder Woman. New Wonder Woman, yeah. Um, Okay. Anyway, so, yeah, throwing out names... This is a Portia and Amanda Google Actors Pod. (laughs) (laughs) Or you show names and I look them up. (laughs) Look how long as Portia says names and Amanda Googles them. (laughs) I'm like, how do you not know all these people? Actors names is one of my learning disabilities. It's not that I don't, haven't heard the name. It's just that my brain does not imprint on actors names. I know Brad Pitt and like, you know, that's it. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm just saying, actor names is one. I, you know, it, when you have niche geniuses, your brain has to have big gaps to right. allow for space to know right. a lot about certain things. And so you're just like, if you got to know a lot about feet, then you got to have, you know, actors' names. That's it. Nope. That's it. Not yeah, I, I mean, I know I, I get your. This is funny because you know my my girlfriend is a movie buff, so she spends all of her time saying names like you might know them from such films as, and she's like listing ninety <laughs> films, and then I'm just like, I guess maybe I don't know. It's very frustrating for her, I'm sure. Oh yes, yes, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, that's too funny. Okay, so anyway, my oh, we were talking is, about a book. So my point is. <laughs> <laughs> did Bobby go get a sandwich already he got a sandwich we haven't even gotten anywhere in the setup we haven't even done the setup yet okay so Paro has a long conversation with Simon the the husband too and he sets up basically telling the same story about you know 
Jackie's pissed and Lynette. Hey, refuse to get over herself and take it like a man. He literally says that. And Paro's like, she's not a man. And he's like, you know what I mean. What um, do I? <laughs> anyway, so um, so they set this whole thing, this like triangle up. But there's uh-huh. all this atmosphere stuff too, where it takes a long time to get to yeah. any depth. Where they're like, and then we got on the boat, and then they're gonna sneak away. They decided they were gonna sneak away and get on. Oh the boat right, that was they... the whole thing because Jacqueline had been stalking them, but they're like they they pretended they were gonna go to one place and then went on this tr- oh. cruise, and right. they weren't supposed and they to were have all gone on the, the cruise. Same hotel or something? Is this when this yeah. happened? They were all at the same hotel, and yeah. then they're like, and we're so gonna go on that's when boat. she was like, yeah, they they set their plans to be one way and was supposed to be super secretive. But somehow she found out ahead of time and it was there on the cruise with them. Meanwhile, they're also... So, Lynette is this heiress and she's, I guess, 20. 17 or 20, I guess, whatever. Yeah, but the before at the time, year, the age of legal maturity or whatever. So, by getting married, she just became uh, the official heiress. Like, she just inherited Right. Because I think that her money was, her parents had passed, so her money was in trust until she became of age or married. So by marrying, um, she reached of age. So we get also some backstory, some sort of previews. Her trustees in the United States were like, let's try to stalk her on her honeymoon and get her to sign papers. And we don't know exactly what it's about, but basically on this boat, not only is her husband's ex on there but also the, her estate trustee shows up and is like oh hey funny you, you here i didn't know you got married which we know like he did know and that's why he's Portia, will you tip your camera down because you're pretty much ziggying for me okay <laughs> is, that, is that better Sorry. yes it was just it was just literally nose <laughs> nose and up <laughs> why do you don't like that look i mean it was uh, fine it was just like i like all of your face <laughs> funny well and i purposely make it so i can't see myself so i'm not obsessing over it but then i can't see with the camera crew so um yeah so there's that hankiness and then there's some hinkiness because after she writes to some people in england saying that she uh ran into her trustee then some lawyers in england are like "Uh uh-oh we gotta go and right so then her lawyer shows up but he doesn't say he's a lawyer. He's just a random British lawyer. Like, um, then we've got the Allertons, which that's a yeah, mom Did you and understand son. the Allerton dynamic? So it's a mom and a son, which are very close. And she and the mom gets jealous whenever the son wants to hang out with, say, I don't know, anybody his own age. Because they're right. supposed to be, like, you know, BFFs. Like, and codependently son- close codependently close and her son is really close with a cousin who's also Cornelia. Really close. no 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 uh, Joanna who's not on the boat oh you're oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Joanna that's right that's right, that's right so he's so, always running off running around with Joanna and but he's um and Joanna is good friends with Lynette so they had known known Lynette like through Joanna's stories but like never actually met her Right, um, but they're all kind of in the same up, up, 
you know, fancy social circles. Right. Um, But yeah, there was a weird dynamic. And for a while, I was trying to see if there were coded, like, when they first introduced the son, Tim Allerton, I couldn't figure out if she was doing coded uh, descriptions of a gay guy for a while. I mean, yeah, I mean, at first when they do this, like, description of, like, you know, codependent mom and son thing, you wonder that, but then it, but then it doesn't seem like it, it seems like. Right. Then it just seems but like I had the same question mom. at first. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So uh, anyway, then there's the Otterborns, which is another weird parent and child relationship. So there's this novelist named Salome Otterborn, and she's there with her daughter and Wikipedia in its infinite wisdom says that Salome Otterborn is a thinly disguised portrayal of author Eleanor Glynn, which I was like fascinating because one of the twists of the stories is that this author was like, she wrote these romance novels and now they weren't selling like they used to. So she became a heavy alcoholic and her daughter was like throwing away her bottles to cover away, cover up her drinking. So I was like, interesting. So if, and also, she was very proud of herself for writing books that had sex in it and wanted to talk about sex and embarrass right. people. Yeah, exactly. So I, knowing that they were contemporaries, was like, if it was a thing, and if whoever wrote that on Wikipedia is correct, that's real shade. Because, okay, so yeah, right. If you're, if it's, if, if the thinly dis- disguised portrayal is, oh, she thinks she's shocking us all by bringing up sex all the time. That sounds right. If I'm a romance writer, maybe that, right. but, but the, you're washed up and uh, alcoholic. Right. Which is a major plot twist or a major, like one of the things, like, why do these clues not add up? Oh, that's what, you know, your daughter was throwing in the water. Um, that's major shade if, right. if they're contemporaries oh, yeah. and if, especially if it's thinly disguised then I was like and, oh wow and later spoiler but Mrs. Otterborn gets killed because she was a witness and that might have been a little bit like killing people because you you know like, right so that shot's fired that's like oh, totally. not only am I going to say that you're washed up and say that you're obnoxious to hang out with because you're always like i'm talking about sex and look at how interesting i am sex sex ha 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 and then a secret alcoholic and then she gets killed like wow oh, I'd hate be, i hate to be at the dinner party where they both showed up you know like right. and she's beginning to be like you wrote about me yeah like that's that's major shade like wow like i didn't know agatha christie had so much venom in her for contemporaries yeah. Yeah, and this is all from a Wikipedia, like quick sentence. So who knows if that is true? But someone thinks so, right? And then who else? There's a bunch of other people. So there's um, Van. Do you know that author, Eleanor Glynn? Are you familiar with her? No, but it says when I looked her up because I was like, "Ooh, scandal!" It says that she was a novelist and scriptwriter um who specialized in romantic fiction was which was considered scandalous for its time although her works are relatively tame by modern standards she right. popularized the concept boobs. of the it girl did you just say boobs yeah <laughs> <laughs> i 
I'm sure that's what the writing was. Boobs, Portia, for the for the listeners. Portia did jazz hands when she said boobs. So like that's definitely how romance novels go. It's just like jazz hand boobs. Exactly. Isn't that how I don't read a lot of romance? Boobs. Um, she <laughs> popularized the concept of the it girl and had a tremendous tremendous influence on early 20th century popular culture. So yeah, so. the it girl stuff was would have been in the 20s, and so this was the late 30s. So yeah, so Agatha point. Christie was sick of her shit, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> and like yeah, so if she was popular in the 20s, and then this is the late 30s, and it's like you're washed up and. Your daughter has to hide all your sherry bottles. Like, wow. Oh, sherry. Yeah, getting drunk on sherry. That sounds terrible. I could be wrong. I know there was another one where, like, uh, there was a secret alcoholic. Remember with the, with the cabinet that was like, I think right, right. one of them mentioned secret sherry bottles. So I could be mixing up my alcoholics. Yeah, I can't remember. But okay, okay so, so that's yeah, another guest on the boat. So Van Schuler is a rich. Was she also American? Yeah, she was American, uh, but Ooh. she was from New England, American, rich, um, Van Schuler, and she brought along a poor relative who was a young woman and a nurse. So the poor relative was Cornelia, who was just happy to be traveling and did not mind that everybody yelled at her. Right. And then there was... Oh, right, because the cousin was just like, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> And then there was the nurse who was taking care of this rich woman who suffered from nothing except for being old and rich. Right. But the rich old woman was a total bitch. Right. And didn't want to speak and, anymore. And so it's, and that one seemed like um, Cornelia was like wanting to socialize. So Tim Allerton and his mother were weirdly codependent. Well, Marie Van Schuler and her cousin, like she was controlling of her, but not because they were codependent, but just because she just wanted to fuck with her. And she would like, Cornelia wanted to like socialize. You know, doesn't she seem like she was sort of like keeping her from socializing with people her age? Right, right. Where she's just like, you're just supposed to be my servant, basically. Right. Then we've got my favorite character, the dude who's surrounded by all these rich people going down a cruise through the Nile and he's a raving socialist. <laughs> yes. Bernie Sanders on a boat. <laughs> he has Bernie Sanders on a boat with really, really rich Americans and British people. Right. And so, or maybe even like an AOC. Right. He's right. like very quippy. Right, because he comes in and they're like, "Oh, aren't the pyramids beautiful?" And he was like, "Do you know how many people died making He's like those? slave labor?" Like, and and I read this again, like, and I was like, "Yeah, he's not wrong." I mean, right. When you look at the pyramids, not a whistle like, while your work scenario building those pyramids, right? And, I imagine. And so, but he made everybody there who was busy treating the um, Egyptians and. Uh, other Africans that they were coming in contact with like they were of no consequence. Um, he uh, So obviously racially he didn't really care because he was there, but he was there making all the rich people feel Which again, I think is really good for us to look at. Not that the book necessarily pointed it out, but we can point it out that it is not uncommon for white progressives to be terrible in their active racism 
passive right. you know what i mean that sort of like oh yes i have i believe in all these causes and socialists and all the things and then treat you know people right. of color but i'm still going in a on different the way i mean yeah you know but you you being in a certain city that's famous for that <laughs> and the, right. you know what i mean right like, <laughs> right but yeah it, so it was very funny but I, I just course... i just i like to see that that archetype because it is a thing that like i'm a progressive but but within I'm progressive within the realms of whiteness or within the realms of whatever, but I still participate right. in a lot of privileges without naming them, whether it's like, right. you know. Yeah. Cause he's both like, Oh my gosh, look at all the slave labor um, that uh, made the pyramids, but also I'm on a boat where people are serving me, you know? Right. Yeah. Layers. Yeah. Anyway, but, and then there was uh, a, the Italian archeologist, who turned out to be something else right 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 and then there was archaeologists uh, are always um imposters oh yeah <laughs> i mean and often, then there was the, right they're imposters yeah. i feel like that's a that's a theme right which is funny because her husband was the archaeologist which yeah and then there was a german doctor dr right. bessner right a Wikipedia and then colonel ray shows up because of course colonel ray shows up and he just shows up. And he doesn't right show up for investigation readings reasons. He shows up to take the boat. Yeah, he uh, he shows up like all of this gets set up, and then Colonel Ray suddenly shows up and is like, "I'm looking for a serial killer, or so, a spy, or something like that." Right. And he's Colonel Racing. He's Colonel Racing, and uh, yeah, it's kind of funny because he just kind of randomly shows up, um, and then. Um, like right before the murder like boom like right. Colonel Ray shows up and then the murder comes and if he were anybody else we should be suspicious of this because it's like but um anyway so oh that's a good people... point if it weren't Colonel Race we'd be like that guy just showed up and then someone died yeah so anyway there was a lot of getting to know all these people and the travels and there was a lot of scenery stuff where like they were oppressed they were happy then the weather turned and everybody felt a little bit more worse or they felt better. Did you know, there's a lot of, um, I can see why people wanted to make a movie out of this though, because like, right. There is a lot of scene setting and it's not boring, but it is like when you are a, I think I have become what I imagine you were your whole life where I am just like a consumer of this media, like bam, 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 get to the murder, get to the solve, like bam, like I'm (laughs) sort of a, right utilitarian right. mystery reader now <laughs> and so like, where is murder which is interesting because you recommended thursday night murder club thursday night murder club which mm-hmm. i just read delightful and he that author weaves in the description in a way that doesn't make me impatient right he's masterful reader i also or listener i also re- highly recommend that book um but but it's hard because he does a lot of scene setting without making the reader impatient. And I, I have become, when it comes to the Agatha Christie's, maybe just because you and I are just like reading these, like just plowing through, I'm like, oh, yada, 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 water, yada, yada, weather, yada, yada, <laughs> what right, she's right. wearing. And then I, 
And this is why I always read them twice, at least, because when I, I always read it and I'm like, that's who did it. Then I go back and then I realize all the clues that are dropped in that stuff I was impatient through. Right. Which right. is why it's there, because she was wearing the necklace and then the necklace turned out to be the reason for the murder or whatever it was. And so right, you're like, right, oh, right. it's just like you're, and you're so impatient. You miss you plow past that stuff. But that's what I and I knowing that you were sort of a speed reader, not even sort of a speed reader, you were a proud speed reader. I think that I, I kind of, you know, I have adopted that as well, where I'm just like, yeah, cool, great. Where are we going with this? Right, right. <laughs> Which is not, I'm not I'm recommending it. I'm not saying that's a great way to be. <laughs> right, but if you're like, I want something to happen that's not just like, you know where that really hurt me is reading science fiction. So I read, uh, you know, read a lot of the Star Wars books and then there would be descriptions of like, fire fire so are the star wars books fight. written after the movies like did yeah they there was a whole fictionalize the scripts yeah like the future or i guess after i don't know the yeah, verbs so they were making they up were supposed to of, what they did is a they're whole they're series of books that went into the future after return of the jedi and they went they did for like a long time post quills and then um, when they made the most recent three movies, they said, we're throwing out all of that. And it pissed off a, a bunch of going into an alternate reality where right, that right. stuff didn't happen. Where that stuff didn't happen. And so, uh, but anyway, when you read those Star Wars books, there's a lot of like, you know, X-Wings flying this way and then shooting this way. And then, and those you have to read really, really carefully because then you're like, wait, what just happened? It flew up and then it did this and you're trying to read the descriptions and if you skim through it, which I would often do, I'd be like, okay, I'm totally lost. What are the ships doing? <laughs> and it mattered. It and mattered it mattered because like, you know, like there's a big, you know, firefight fight of, of uh, you know, ships shooting at each other and stuff. But again, now in this the mindset, I'm like, okay, so then who died at the end? Like, <laughs> like okay, who lives right. and who dies at the end of the battle? Like, I don't need to... <laughs> Right, right, exactly, exactly. And like, so, yeah, but, but if you have one of those brains that like describes the special effects for you as you're reading it, then that's awesome. But if you don't have one of those brains, you're just like, okay, so this person survived that battle, this person's wounded, and this person died. Cool. Right. Next right, page. Exactly. Right. Next page. Yeah. So, anyway, there was a lot of that. And then we get to the night. And so Lynette goes to bed. No, no, no. You're skipping ahead. I'm skipping what I... Okay, so be... the reason we get Colonel Race, the boat stops in a place. Oh. Abu Simel? Did I say that all wrong? No idea. Okay. okay. We stops in a place, which I'm pronouncing that way. Um, and oh, they're like... I about they're adventuring, like, you know, in a boat when you're cruising and you stop at a place and you do stuff, right? So... Mm um they're hanging out and then like a boulder falls down the cliff and almost hits lynette and everyone suspects jacqueline of doing it because we all know that she hates lynette and wants to kill her but then it turns out that she was on the boat the whole time and so it couldn't have been her and so they were like did this um okay now a little bit up because it's like your head's cut off and i'm saying more crotch than i (laughs) okay there I'm so sorry for the feedback, but I just, you know, I just want to see like the right, normal well, I look, I looked up Abu Zoom screen portions of a person. 
yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> just nose up or just chin down, you know, like you want like <laughs> you want yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, so there's this like near miss attempted murder or just random boulder fell down randomly On and almost hits Lynette. Was. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so everyone suspects Jacqueline, but she was on the boat. And then they get back on the boat. So there's already this like heightened tension of like Lynette almost died. Um, right. And right. we suspect Jacqueline, but everything's kind of suspicious. Um, and that's uh, at that stop is where Colonel Race joins. Okay. So now that's say right. what you were about to say. Okay. So then that night, people were hanging out and yeah, her just following super... her attempted murder or her attempted almost boulder falling on her. And Poirot was super sleepy. And so he goes to bed. And Lynette. And in a way that I'm, I think when I even first read it, I was like, he's drugged. Oh, yeah, me too. It was very non Poirot y, the way he's just like hanging out there, getting sleepy. And I was like, that doesn't sound like him. So then um, it's the British lawyer, um, the uh, Simon, who is the husband. Cornelia, who's you see that my young... lights just went out. This is what you've done to me with a uh, robot house. There, it's Ooh, better. Nice. It's on a timer. <laughs> um, then uh, Cornelia, who's the young cousin, who uh, of the rich uh, Connecticut lady, um, and and then Jackie, uh-huh. and Jackie starts drinking like crazy and keeps talking to Cornelia like tell me your life story and Cornelia's like I feel awkward I want to go to bed and she's right. like no 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 tell me tell me everything and then she starts talking about how much she hates Simon and then the British lawyer does a very British lawyer thing which he's like picks up his thing yawns and leaves and Agatha Christie says something like yeah no one believes that you're actually tired you're leaving because this is super awkward but okay super awkward Oh, wait, pause. One more setup thing before we get to the murder. Okay. Okay, listener, we're pausing the murder. We're going to go right back to there when, like, British dude leaves and yawns because it's awkward. Um, Also on the boat, the uh, estate manager. The trustee? The the trustee, thank you. (laughs) Estate manager person who assists Jesse had been like, oh, hey, imagine meeting you. On this boat, hey, sign these papers, and then she's like, "Oh, oh right. um, give them to me, and I'll read them, and then I'll give them to you tomorrow." And he's like, "Oh, wait, you're gonna read them? Never mind," and like snatches them back. Right, and the British dude said something kind of like, "Oh, I think it's so good that you read," and it was really awkward. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So then the lawyer is like, "It's so good that you read everything," and then the trustee was basically trying to slide her some papers while she was like drunk on love. And get her to sign. And then she was clearly, she was like, oh, yeah, I'll take a look at these. And then I'll sign them. And then he was like, never mind. Not if you're going to read them. And right, then right. the husband says loudly, I always sign everything that's put in front of me. Right. I don't have time to read legalese. Okay. Now resume. We're back to the okay. night of the murder. The murder's about to happen. The guy just left because it was awkward. And so Jackie is super drunk and super mad and goes, and so, um, you did, did me wrong, you did me wrong, you did me wrong. And Cousin Cornelia's in the room and is the doctor in the room? No, no. Okay, just so just Cousin Cornelia's in the room. It's Jacqueline's in the room and Simon's in the room. Is that is it just the three of them? Yeah, just the three of them. Okay. 
And so she's Jackie like, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Pulls out a gun and shoots him in the leg. And then she's like, oh my God, what did I do? And she's freaking out. She's like, what Cornelia, have I done? What have I done? I'm the worst. Cornelia yells, goes and gets the lawyer, like, who just left and says he shot her. Oh, that's um, why and, I thought. No, she shot him. Yeah. So um, You said he shot then, her. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. She <laughs> shot him. Right. Jackie <laughs> shot Simon. And then... Um, so, so the two the, of them... He says... Simon says to them, take her out of here. Right. Because so Simon says to out. them, take her away. So the two of them take her away. Questions later. They go and get Miss Bowers, the nurse, for the rich lady who doesn't need a nurse. And um, Oh, right. So they go get... So she could take care of Jackie. And then they go get the German doctor so he could take care of Simon. Um, and then the German doctor takes Cornelia back and then is like... Um, she has to help um and mr farnworth is because she's like helping um yeah um so like and i have a question about that because of the way that we found out about the murder but anyway so the doctor has to do all this work because he shattered the okay the, uh... you're not saying sentences <laughs> <laughs> the doctor, so cornelia start with a capital didn't... letter and end with a period <laughs> So the German doctor comes back. In case someone hasn't just read it, just say a whole sentence to give them some context. The case, the German doctor, they go get him and he comes back and then Cornelia and Mr. Fanthorpe, whatever the British lawyer's name was. Uh, I think you keep calling him British like everyone's not British. Well, I mean, there are a couple of American. Americans. We've got the American... Uh, okay, the lawyer, but he's he's the only lawyer. He's a solicitor. Yeah. Fanthorpe. Fanthorpe. Anyway. Fanthorpe. So he and Cornelia now help the doctor as he does basically surgery on a boat on this sh- shot kneecap, which is sounds like it was shot into pieces, which that's going to be a permanent, oh, like... That's a permanent, real big injury, yeah. Because kneecaps don't grow back, you know. Anyway. They do not. Um, so then... So there's the murder. Oh, yeah. So then... Right, so he's not dead. So Simon is shot, but not dead. And he says to the nurse, make sure she's not alone. Because basically, after she shoots him, she's like expressing so much remorse. She's like, what have I done? What have I done? I I love you. I I should kill myself. What have I done? So he's like, stay with her all night. So that, you know, he's like, he actually like she was worried about, you know, she was going to kill herself because she loves him, but she shot him and all the feels. And he seems to be showing a lot of sympathy towards her. Like she shot me, but she didn't really mean to. And she's got all this pain. And I was a jerk. Right. By marrying her friend, like after meeting her a month ago. And then he, and then the doctor, the German doctor does surgery on him and then both of the, both Jackie and Simon get like serious morphine, right? And then cut to next morning, they Lynette's find been sh- <gasps> Lynette's been shot in the head. Lynette's been shot in the head, and so she's been shot in the head at close range. But then someone has written a big letter J in blood on the wall. 
but which you don't no have way. to be a sophisticated person who's watched a lot of like SVU to know that like if you shoot me in the temple, I can't stumble mm-hmm. over to the wall and then write the initial of my murderer. I'm dead yeah. immediately. But they had literally put blood on her finger and then written J on the wall. Right, and so it our it initially, I mean, it from the start looks like someone's trying to set up Jacqueline. So it's not like, and so it's like, okay, of course she's a suspect, but the nurse was with her all night, and then it seems like real suspect that someone would write that J on the wall because it clearly was not the murder victim who did that. So probably right. it was the murderer trying to throw suspicion onto Jackie. Right. So then we uh, we finally have the murder, but now it's like, wait a minute, the one person who was like, I hate her, I hate her, I hate her, had like the best alibi where she was a supervised from the time that she shot Simon and then was given morphine and supervised like there was no way. Right. So then when we're looking for other suspects, there are also the fact that her pearls are missing from her bedside so we're like maybe someone killed her for her pearls and took right. advantage of the fact that they've everyone's been it's like over the top this tension between Jacqueline and, and Lynette so maybe someone saw that and took advantage and um, right. did it just to steal the pearls also um, they were supposed to be worth uh, a million pounds in today's pounds which is a lot of money yeah. Um, according to Wikipedia. According to Wikipedia. <laughs> that's how much it is worth, a million pounds in today's money. Um, uh, but then, oh, and then there's the the trustee. like did Right, he so the trustee, and we, we know that he definitely was like, oh, and we, and yeah, that he, he seemed shady. Right. And then there's, um, we forgot to even mention that Lynette's old maid, because of course she has a maid. Everybody has their own personal maid because that's how these people operate. Um, But her old maid had fallen in love and was going to marry a dude. And then Lynette looked up and found out that he was already married. Oh, I forgot about that. And ruined that. And then that dude was on this boat. Right. Working on the boat? I don't know why he was on the boat. When I was like, wait, how did he like... This is like anybody who Lynette's ever had any contact with. Right, it's a real busy honeymoon. Well, this for is her. why I was like pretty sure that there's like ten white people and they're all just traveling <laughs> through Egypt and there's only ten. Um, yeah, but anyway, so right, so, so the, it could be this man who she, you know, ruined him trying to marry his second wife and outed him about that. So maybe he killed her. Maybe it was the trustee. So we have all these questions. Right, and then. So then there's a bunch of like investigating where they interview everybody to get what exactly what Yeah, happened. they do the thing like Orient Express where they go down and they interview everyone and they find out all the things. And then one and of the, the only- notable interviews is that when they're interviewing Lynette's maid, she says in front of Simon and Praro and Race, she says... I did not see anything. If I had had trouble sleeping and had left my room and had seen someone run down the corridor, 
I would definitely tell you, but I did not. That she said all these weird subjunctive tenses right. that were noticeable because she did a whole, you know, alternative universe scenario. But she's like, but I did not. So we noticed that. And then a couple <laughs> of people said that they heard a splash as if somebody threw right. something overboard. And then at some point during the investigation, the investigators come on. They're like, we just found this pistol. And it's wrapped up in um, the velvet stole of Miss Van Schuler. <laughs> so I have a big question there. First of Amanda's questions is, it says, like, if I wrap a gun up in a stole and throw it into the Nile, how did it get recovered? Like, I don't know a lot about the Nile, but it seems like a deep river. Like, rivers are deep. How do you recover a gun? And it's just wrapped in a stole. How do the stole stay on it? Stoles are not something that you would be able to not. I think it's a fur stole. So, first of all, stole comes <laughs> off gun. And then, second of all, like, unless, like, to me, if it had fallen onto a different deck, like, you meant to throw it into the water, but it fell on, like, the third deck or whatever then okay fine you recovered the gun but if it fell into the nile and the boat kept moving without a modern day advanced team of like ri river drudgers sludgers isn't there a verb for that where you're digging right. in the bottom of a river you're That's not pulling that gun point. out guns don't float it's at the that bottom of the river and the boat kept going that is a very good point. So, like, I to me, like, it would have been a good plot twist if you tried to throw it off, but it fell onto a deck. Right. But if it went into the actual Nile, how, who are these divers? What are this advanced team of, like, <laughs> Jacques <laughs> Cousteau divers who recovered? That's such a good point. I had that wouldn't really, that was, I was like, and then again, if I, I, I don't know if stoles were different back then, but to me, a stole is like a short, wide scarf. So you can't really right. knot it. And it would come off. It's just so wrapped it's around. So it would come off and just be floating. Like you might recover the stole because it's floating, but you're not getting that gun. That's such a good point. I hadn't thought of that, but that's a good point. Okay. So anyways, that happens. And we have to accept the reality that that happens. Yeah. Um, and then, but a couple of people reported they heard splashes. Right. And the splashes don't necessarily align with each other. Right. So is it like the gun? Is it what else is it? Why would there be splashes? Right. So, so those are all the things that we know from the investigation. And then now do we get to the denouement? Or are there more things we need to find out before that? Uh, well, we have to, then more people die. <gasps> oh, right. More people die. Okay. okay. So let's take a quick break and we will come back and then talk about more deaths. Yay. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay, yes. After that break for popsicles and other important uh, bodily functions. Um, so, so we, we have more deaths. We have to, we we have to reveal to, the second murders. Before we get to the more deaths, there's some more clues. Okay. There was an clues. extra nail polish. Oh, right. So there's a couple of bottles of nail polish. And at the murder one, scene. So at, at the, the scene of Lynette's bedside where she was found dead. And one There's of them's two empty. bottles of nail polish. And one of them is empty, right? Yeah. So, weird. And then um, 
Miss Bowers brings a necklace and says, "Oh, that, right." Says that the rich old lady. So Miss Bowers, the, who is the nurse to the rich old lady, comes in and says, "So here's the real deal. She doesn't need a nurse. I literally travel with her and return the things that she kleptos." Right. She clipped those things and her family doesn't want a scandal. So I literally travel around with her and just, she always hides it in the same place and I just return things. And so with the pearls, they were, you know, she clipped out them and then, but before I could return them, Lynette died. So here they are. And then Pryro's like, but those aren't real pearls. Right. Don't, so don't, it's don't. like twist number one, the old lady stole them but not because of murder reasons. And then twist number two is they're fakes. And then, uh, and then it was after that, that uh, Lynette's uh, maid is found stabbed. Right. So variety of uh, murders, right? So the first one is shooting. We've got a shooting and then we've got a stabbing. So yeah, so, so Lynette's maid is stabbed. So when she was saying, if I had been not able to sleep and been outside of her cabin and I would have seen someone, she probably saw someone. Right. And then Mrs. Otterborn, the drunk, as we mentioned, because I said this is a spoiler, the uh, drunk author who wasn't doing very well, who uh, likes to talk about sex and her daughter was sulky. It was uh, apparently shade towards one of Agatha's contemporaries. I just find that shocking and a delightful. And it's it's so like Real Housewives. It's so like, like, you know, it's just throwing right. mud. It's, it's just, anyways. So anyway, so this author. She comes who, in and she's like, I saw who killed the maid. I saw who did it. And Simon's like, you saw who did the maid? Who killed the maid? I saw who did the maid shoot and Mrs. Otterborn is like shot while she's trying to tell people who she saw who did it. Right. She's literally, con- she's really coming in to reveal, I saw who killed the maid. And Simon's like shouting, Do you saw who saw the ma- who killed the maid? And then she gets shot from the hallway. Right. So now we've got boom, boom, boom. Like no murders for like half the book. And then three, three in a row. So and um, that's okay. So before we reveal the murderer, um, the daughter of the author, so the author is Mrs. Mrs. Otterborn, and her daughter is Rosalie. And she Rosalie has always been very cold shoulder to Praro, and he's tried to kind of like check in with her and stuff, and she's been very cold shoulder. So, anyways, he finally goes to her and he's like, Hey, look. I know what one of the splashes was. You threw your mom's bottles away because she's an alcoholic. And then her daughter's like, you're right. I've been a jerk to you. Um, she, her books aren't selling as well as they used to. Again, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, people don't go for romance anymore. And so she started drinking. So I'm sorry, I've been a jerk to you. So that was explains one of the splashes. So now we have two splashes her throwing her mom's bottles away and her, and then uh, the the gun, which was wrapped in a stole, which it's apparently was recovered right, from the magic. bottom of a river. <laughs> right. Um, so that that's another clue. And that's another, like, Praro figures that out. Then, 
the other non-murder twist is that Tim Allerton. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Okay. I couldn't so him and his who was the cousin that you mentioned? Joanna. Okay. So turns out that Tim and Joanna have been running scams. And basically they do a thing where they, someone attends a party because they're in the it crowd or whatever. They steal a thing, replace it with replicas. And then it's discovered to be a replica much later when they can't place when it happened. So they've been running this scam. And I think that's what part of what race is looking for. Oh, no, 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 no. That's later. That's the okay. archaeologist. Yeah. So that's a, that's a whole other thing. So basically, Tim and his cousin have been running a scam. And so Tim did it in this case, too, where he had already stolen the pearls, replaced them with replicas, which then the Mrs. Van Schuller had stolen the replicas. But Tim had the actual real ones. And Prara was like, put them back and I won't out you about that. Right, right. So... He was basically like, if those pearls are recovered before, you know, we land or whatever, then I won't make a thing out of this. Right, right. So that it's is at the last. It's only a million pounds. It's not a dead body. So yeah. right. Um. So then, um, and then, race says that the archaeologist is the murderer, the uh, Italian archaeologist, which I don't really understand race or the archaeologist point in the story no yeah because it's like yeah the, the archaeologist didn't kill anyone on the boat right they're having their own side plot that doesn't we don't really learn enough about to to be invested in or to be interested and then there's the trust but he's a fake archaeologist he's a real murderer but right. race is getting him and then praro did confront pennington who is the trustee who was like you're the one that pushed a boulder onto her because you were trying to get her to sign those papers and she wouldn't sign them. Turned out you were, you know, Bernie Madoffing with her money. Right. And so when she came in, when she, you know, got married, because you thought, oh, I'll earn it back. I will, you know, before keep speculating with 21. her money and get it back before she turns 21. But she got married within a month. She met this dude and married immediately. So you didn't have time to get it back. So you were trying to be shady and like get her to sign papers to say whatever you had done was on the up and up, which it wasn't. And when you realized that she was more savvy than that, you tried to push a boulder onto her. So he's an attempted murder of her. Which that one never. I don't buy that one. That doesn't seem in character. Of the trustee? Right. To just push the like... boulder? to push a boulder like he's a stock speculator i don't know have you not seen wolf of wall street those guys would push a boulder on you <laughs> i mean no i haven't um i haven't really i've seen clips of it and yeah heard people i've seen talk clips about of it, but it i feel and... like i don't know if old-timey speculators like old-timey like we're we're similar to we're how we see like sociopaths Right, but that's how they're painted now. So I don't know. I'm like, yeah, yeah they seem they might older, be pushy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> older, pushy. Okay, that's a bit far. That's a bit far. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah, that one, that one hurt. Um, <laughs> fair. Okay. okay how right. would you describe the quality of being a person who would push a boulder? Um, because it's. To, to use an Agatha Christie in a different term, it's kind of a hopeful murder. Like, I hope this hits them. 
Oh yeah. And so that seems a little right. Bit it's, it's 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 not very precise. Right. Like right. Gunshot to the temple is very different than if this boulder happens to fall on the right path. Right. Right. So that's why I was thinking that if he's a stock speculator, he might. But maybe he's just like. Willy nilly with playing the odds. That's the thing. You're a speculator. You're playing the odds. Maybe the boulder hits her. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. So then we get to the. So those are all the red herrings and other other things solved. So then we get to the fact why Amanda hates this. Why Amanda hates this? So tell us why you hate this because. Okay. So the, the. the solution of the murder is that in the in the moment when Jacqueline shoots Simon, she actually fake shot Simon. He faked getting shot and did the, the fake nail polish Which to like look red ink with, or with fake yeah. blood. And then when she's taken out of the room, he has a few minutes to run down the hall, shoot his new wife in the temple, write a J on the wall, run back, actually shoot his own self in the leg, using what's-her-face's stole to muffle it, throw the gun and the stole in the river, um, and then, so now he's really shot, the doctor comes in and surgeries him. And that happened because it was a long con where Jacqueline and Simon were like, hey, I have a, I have a rich friend who I, I guess she knew had no scruples and would just marry her fiancé, would just like seduce her fiancé or whatever, or f- fall for him seducing her. So basically she was like, okay, I'm going to have you go in as a landscaper, as my fiancé. But she's going to steal you out from under me. You'll marry her. We'll kill her. But you're her husband, so you'll inherit her fortune. And then we'll live happier, happily ever after. Instead of just getting, like, you know, the landscape contract that would have been an appropriate amount of money for us to get from my friend. Right. It was a very, very long con. And knowing the result, like knowing the <clears throat> solution, reading it, um, when there was just scene after scene of Simon and Jackie setting this up and stretching it for a long time and scene after scene, like what is the point of the, the harassing? What is the point of the, I mean, I realized that they had to do it together and they had to like, there was, and the murder plot itself was really ingenious. That's the thing. It's like, while I hate this book, it's a very good book. I just hate the solution. And and it's very like, it's like, I'm not mad at any of the writing. I'm not mad at the plot. I mean, mean, I'm mad at the plot because it works, but it works in a really disturbing way. Like, this is the kind of movie I don't want to watch. Kind of book. You know what I mean? So, like, it's just like, ugh, it just hits me. And I'm just like, so dark. So this woman was like, hey, I have this rich friend, but I think she'd be down to steal my man. So, so let me set that up and then kill her for her money. Like what? Right, right. Like so they yeah, so the idea that they for a long time planned this out and kept it up and they he got married to her and then Jackie harassed them and like 
Well, and the fact that she just was just like, let's just kill, like, it's just, it was just so sociopathic. Or psychopathic, or whichever one the right term is. But it was just like, oh my god. And so, and then, the solution is, of course, like, we're back to all murderers commit suicide, so Praro basically sets up on purpose for Jackie to kill Simon and then herself. And the opinion of both Praro and the narrator is that it it was good that Jackie committed suicide. That was just. And Simon deserved more than that. He should have gotten the, you know, hung. Like he should have had a worse punishment, but it, she got to kill him. But but he like so basically he was the worst villain in terms of the book but i'm like no he's monster like like he's he's the one he's the christina ricci and monster like he's or no he's uh charlie sterone and monster like he's the one who did the murder but because he's being manipulated right and right. so i thought it was interesting that power was like yeah it's too bad because he should have been hung but at least this way they both died or something but they wanted a worse punishment for him but i'm like she's clearly the mastermind of all of this or right, and she did. She did the second two murders. She did the um, second two murders. She stabbed Louise, and then Mrs. Winterborn came in to tell everybody that she stabbed Louise. So Simon starts yelling, "You saw!" So she goes and grabs Mr. Somebody's gun. gun randomly and shoots Mrs. Otterborn right as she's saying what she from saw. the hallway. And then, yeah, that was the whole thing with the maid who was like, if I had seen something, so she'd actually seen Simon running down the hallway, which why, which was Praro's clue because she said that in the room with only Praro, Race, and Simon. So when right. she said this weirdly worded subjunctive thing, he was like, well, that was clearly for an audience, and it wasn't me, and it wasn't Race. So clearly it was Simon. So that was a big yeah. clue to him that Simon was a killer. Right, right. So, so that was the fake nail polish because he had this whole like fake blood when he had to pretend to be fake shot, but wasn't shot, and then actually shoot himself. So it's an ingenious story. I have questions about the timing because <clears throat> after he gets shot and he's like, "Take her away," and she's like, "I want to kill myself," and yeah, both of the people in the room with her go with her instead of the guy bleeding on the counter. He was supposed to pick up the gun, run down the hall, shoot his wife, do the J, run back, wrap, shoot himself, wrap the gun, and throw it overboard all within. Right, the and, the, of- and that requires the bystanders to be like, that makes sense. Let's both take the killer away and leave the shot man alone. He's shot in the leg. That can kill you. Like... You know, you get shoot shot in the femur, like you can bleed out. So, like, it doesn't make sense to me that two people would leave him alone. Right, because I think one of them, I think Cornelia I think... was going to get Miss Bowers, and Mister Fanthrop was going to get the German doctor. But but it still seems like someone would be like, you stay with him. Like, I feel like, and maybe that's just modern day training of like we've all had some CPR training where it's like someone always stays with the victim. Right. So maybe that's we, not intuitive, but it's just been trained into us. But to me, it seems intuitive to be like, someone stay with the hurt person and someone get the crazy person out. And if we have more than one person, we'll split those things. But if we don't, like, I'm just never going to leave the gunshot victim alone. Right. 
be like, know, you're cool, could... right? I'm going to go handle her. Well, but, I, but wasn't it that one of them was going to get the doctor and the other one was going to get the nurse? I guess so. I guess so. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I had questions about that. But even a Mr. Fanthorpe had probably would rush to go get the doctor. Right? right. You're right. So that's a good point. You'd be like, bam, bam, bam. Not time enough for you to go shoot your wife, come back, shoot yourself, throw the stole and the gun. And like, no and one's don't forget anything. to draw that J, which was so draw dumb, the J. Right. Is... And then they don't see you throw the, the gun out of the window. Plus, how did you throw the gun out of the window when you've sh- are shot in the leg? I didn't even think about that. Well, Once you've shot yourself in the leg, it's real hard to move. I'm not speaking from experience, but I. <laughs> but like you, like you said, surgery. they shattered his kneecap, so. And yeah, you can't just shattered. be like hopping up to the window real fast. Right, right. And Prara points out that the stole re- wouldn't really muffle a shot very well. Like it's not a silencer; it's a stole. Right. So when they're running down the hallway with the doctor to help him, when they hear another shot from that room, they're going to be like, that's weird. Right. 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 So those are, those are questions. We have questions. And the question about recovering the pistol from the Nile is a big one for me. Yeah. Um, But for me, like, honestly, like the plot twists were good. The, the the fake archeologist pulls right out. Who cares about that? It was just a reason right. for race to be there, sure. Um, but like all the different layers of like the pearls, and then like you know all the different things. Like I, th- I liked all the red herrings. I liked, I liked all of it. Like it was, it was very good. And then we had all, and I hated different... it because I just hate the idea of someone. And I guess maybe it's like the sibling thing, where it's like you know. The siblings are conspiring against each other and that's the world they're in but like to be like i have this friend and let me and 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 it feels very sociopathic to be like okay i'm gonna read my friend and say she definitely steal my man and i'm gonna read my man to be like he won't be stolen but he'll kill her (laughs) like what he won't be he won't like because like if i'm simon why don't I just actually be stolen by right. Lynette, who's not a murderer and is already rich? Like, he's right. so in love with Jacqueline that he's like, like, why don't I just, you know, she's beautiful, she's rich, and she's not killy. And is not asking me to shoot myself in the kneecap. Right. Like, so what like, kind of... If I have a choice between two women, I'm going with the one who's not telling me to shoot myself and another person. Right. I'm going to go with the one who's already rich and pretty and doesn't ask me to kill people. Right. And so when they said that she loved him too much, but I was like... Okay, that was my major theme question when Prao was like... And and they brought it back around at the end. Prao was like, I said at the beginning, she loved him too much. And I was like, no, she loved money too much. Because she had him. Right. And she had yeah. him. He could have just, you know, got his landscaping business and got some, you know, nice little contracts and they could have been nice little, you know, up and coming middle class people. But she loved money too much. Like that right. had nothing to do with her love for him because she set him up to go with another woman. And, and clearly him. has slept with that other woman. 
Right. And and asked him to shoot himself. I mean, I'm just saying. Right. So like when Prara was like, much... I said it at the beginning. She loved him too much. What? No, she didn't. He's the one who did all the sacrificing. Seriously. That's what and I'm saying. Like work. To me, like, he's the uh, Charlize Theron. Yeah. And and he's and she's the Christina Ricci. I haven't actually seen the movie you're talking about, so I'm just gonna nod and say Monster. Uh-huh. Yeah, I haven't actually seen the, Monster. Look at me knowing two actors' names. I am very impressed. And a, Yeah, and so a the plot, plot of that is basically Charlize Theron is a sex worker and she ends up in a relationship with Christina Ricci. And one time Charlize Theron kills a man who's trying to assault her during mm-hmm. a you know a, a sex transaction but then he assaults her she kills him and then i think she ends up like taking his wallet or whatever and so christina, christina ricci is like cool keep doing this so charlize theron becomes a serial killer and just like picks up johns and kills them and takes their wallets or whatever but it feels like christina ricci is like manipulating her into it Mm, okay yeah. she's like great why don't you go out and like meet a john and kill him so we could have some, you know a nice dinner tonight so charlie saron is the serial killer but it feels like she's being manipulated into it it's, no, it's real dark yeah. it's real dark and that's why it's like i don't like this yeah the real dark which is why i never watched that movie because i don't like the real dark this is dark this is real dark i do not like it and again it's a good book i just don't like it like I don't read Stephen King. I don't read, this is not Stephen King-ish, but like, again, I don't, there's certain dark places of humanity that I don't like to read about. Right. Yeah. And sociopaths are are a place that like really disturb me. Like people who just don't have regard for like, and again, this is going to sound really trite, but like crimes of passion are like, well, I get it. Right. Like people, but this was not a crime of passion. It was so premeditated. Like and and it didn't seem months. like she had some grudge against her friend, except for the fact that her friend was like rich and pretty, and it didn't seem fair. Oh, that was the other thing we didn't talk about. So the heiress who dies, Lynette, also turns out that her money, her dad was kind of a swindler. Her dad was like super shady. So his money was basically from scamming people. So that was one of the like. Maybe it was one of these because it could have been that someone who killed her was mad, was just basically revenge from her dad scamming people to be rich. Right. And it was, and that turned out not to be it. And no one on the boat was that, but like that, we do know that her, she's an heiress of a person who's not that great. Well, I mean, maybe because it was like, this was written in 39. And so this is end of the great depression um and so like the memory of the great depression is really strong i mean that's like you know people are like yeah so when you said that her trustee was bernie madoffing maybe her dad was bernie madoffing and then right made a bunch and then the trustee was like woohoo pile of money i could play with i can right. continue the thing but yeah like i think that her dad sounded like he was yeah yeah her dad was super shady so yeah so there was also that layer to it too that like it wasn't like she was this and again i'm not saying that i value old money because old money just means slavery to me like you know what i mean like 
old money just means old ways of hoarding resources right Right. but in the context of this book she's not old money like it sounds like her dad was a scammer and built up a fortune right right and he was american so right right it's rare that americans are old money um so it's in i mean yeah i think van schuler was supposed to be american old money but then she was a kleptomaniac so right Um, yeah, there, everybody in here had some serious flaws. Yeah. Everybody. Okay. Oh my god. So give us a Porsche scale. I like normally I'm like ballparking where you're gonna go with this, and now I'm like I don't even know. I don't even. Know. I don't know because it's like one of my st- things about stories is I need somebody to root for. Yeah. And. The, the only, only person... likable person is like what Colonel Race, or no? I think the only likable person is like the daughter of the alcoholic. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, and she's just sulky and kind of bitter. So, and you know, she yeah. softens up when when uh, Haro calls her out for being the daughter of an alcoholic. You know, therapy. You know, happens. But you know, like yeah. So like, who do you root right, for? Right, there's no one to root for. I think that's also like, there's like literally no one likable. Because I mean, even the person like, who died, you don't like her because she literally like married her best friend's fiance within a month. And was no kind palms. of rich and ruthless. Like, yeah, because like the whole finding out her maid, like in, investigating her maid's man and being like, yeah, you. No, no, no. That I get. To me, that's loyal. If someone I in my life is about to marry someone shady, I will tell you, girl. I will tell you if your husband is already married. That's that yeah. I respect. Because she didn't but have like, loyalty to the guy. She had loyalty to her maid. Right, right, right. That's the I one mean, good thing that happened. She, um, but she had money and power and kind of threw it around. I mean, clearly, and, because she was like, oh, I know you're engaged to him, but I like him now, so he's mine. Well, we didn't even talk about the fact that the house that she had bought was like an old estate that she bought from a dude because he was desperate for money and it was Sir something something. He wasn't on the boat, but they talked about how she was like, the, oh, "Yeah, another one of those down, like, I want to tear down all the estates and build." That's why she needed a landscape dude because she had bought this estate with her money and was gonna was building it up. And there was another dude that wanted to marry her, but he had his own estate. And this thing I really respected because she was like, you know, I like him a lot, but if I married him, I would go and be in charge of his estate. But this is mine. And I could just live here and do my stuff. And then it was very um, feminist of like, why should I have to give up my estate and my identity and go be lady watcha watcha right which is kind of why she married simon because he clearly had less power than her so she wanted to marry someone like kind of beneath her so that she would carry the power right right which obviously i don't know right so you don't root for her right you don't work for jackie you don't work for simon you don't root for tim because he's got the weird codependent with a relationship with his mom and it's also scamming with his cousin all the rich yeah, people. Yeah, you need to meet new people, Tim. Um, <laughs> Make a new and, friend outside of the family. <laughs> yeah, we got the poor cousin who's traveling. She I mean, she was nice. likable. 
but mostly she was just like, I'm so happy to be here. It's okay if you beat up on me. Yeah. Or just yell at me. Um, yeah, you don't root for the, the nurse seems fine. The doctor seems they, fine. Even the maid who's like, I'd rather blackmail the murderer than justice be served. Right, right. Yeah, because the reason, she, yeah, we didn't even say the reason. The reason she, she dies like, is because, like, she was, like, said that whole thing. And so then Simon told Jackie, well, he, she, so Jackie she went to kill her. basically saying to Simon, like, I saw you. Yeah, uh, so then he sent Jackie to kill her. Right. Yeah, because she was going to try to blackmail him. So like there's just you're right. I think that's a really good point. Like maybe that's also why I hated it. Like maybe I would have liked the same plot if there was someone that pulled through that I was like, and out of this, here's the heroine that I can root for. But like, right, I there's hated no everyone, and like, yeah, everyone sucked. Yeah, I mean, it's <sighs> like, well, um, what's the movie we talked about? A uh, Knives Out. Yeah, that's very Agatha Christie. Like, everyone sucks, but then like. You know, there's the heroine who comes right. out of it. Right. The one right. who ends up inheriting and like but like everyone's terrible except her. But like right. there's her and she's a major major character, so you have someone to root for. You're right, there's no one to root for here. There's just no one to root for. And so That's a really good point. It's a good book and it's a good plot and you know, it, i can see why it is being made into a movie again. I I, I think it's actually yeah, so there was the 78 film, the one that comes out in 2022. Uh, they did it with the Poirot series. It's also been a hidden object PC game and a graphic novel. It's been a game? Yeah. Did you see the link I sent you? That they're creating a Hercule Poirot game for the Nintendo Switch? No, I did not see that. How did you? I sent it to you uh, as a text message. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, when did oh, I? Oh, I do. It? I know. Oh, see, that's the obituary. Yeah, it's okay. Here that. I see this. I'm sorry. Your phone tells you a lot of things. It's hard to filter out what's important and what's not important. <laughs> Just saying, my phone tells me so much information that is not important, right? It's a yeah. game. Yep. Wow. That's fun. Yeah. Who's getting these residuals? I know, right? Like, they are licensing like a mug over there. Who's, because she didn't, she had kids. She had one, one, two, two. We looked at that because we Someone is like, yeah, let's cash this in. Someone is like, Nintendo, yeah. The Let's have the meeting. Is, Set it up. <laughs> when she wrote this into a play and uh, she took Poirot out. Interesting. But obviously... So like, Colonel Race solved it? I'm not sure. I'd have to like look at it again. I was just looking. Because she did that a couple of times where... I mean, <laughs> it, it the Race... Poirot dynamic in this does nothing. It's like yeah, I love pointless. it when she has their multiple detectives and it's like, ooh, see how they their Working geniuses together. or their skill played off each other. But in this one, it's just like race is like Poirot, this is a murder. That's your show. You yeah. do it. Oh hey, I found this serial killer on the side. 
but he just serves yeah. as like fill in for any police stand-in. But he doesn't serve as, like he doesn't right because he's not because like normally on the Colonel boat. Race has like a skill set that Praro has to lean into or that you know the the, the story right. needs to lean into. But like he could have he pulled right out. Right. Yeah. He. Yeah. He was. And Praro does Praro real hard. Uh, so I can see him have... pulling out. I could see yeah. race. I could see race figuring out the same thing. Yeah. Anybody. Yeah. Um. Because it wasn't like the psychology, <laughs> right? Because this murder was a very—I mean, it was a very psychological because it was the worst. But and yeah, and Poirot didn't do his like I'm a genius and you all are idiots and I have my idiot friend to show off. He didn't do any of that. Yeah. Hey, so, you, did. you did not. Okay, so this we we took so, a long digression in the middle of my question about the Porsche scale. God, that's a hard one because I didn't it didn't make me as sad as some of the other ones as maybe because, witness yeah that's funny it's so much worse for me than dub witness oh that's funny because I'm like to me like not like dumb witness like the woman you know she was older she had lived a full life you know yeah and like the 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 death was bad but oh i don't know it wasn't this bad yeah this one like, is you just... know someone plotting to kill you was bad it's always bad if yeah this one is you. just because it, it, it seems so bad that it's hard for me to take it seriously like it's i so... didn't take i didn't take any of it seriously and and I that's the thing that i remember and i think it's probably like it. i don't know that I don't have an archetype for a woman sociopath who does this. I guess that's why I keep bringing up monster, which is based on a true story. I don't know how true it is, but like the woman sociopath who, you know, murders and sets up people to murder like a young woman sociopath. Like we don't really have an archetype for that. No, it's not lady Macbeth. Um, It's not. Yeah. Who just murders for money at a young age as as a woman? Like that's not really our type, but I don't like it. <laughs> so it clearly disturbs me, you know. Yeah, like, I yeah. don't want to add that to the things to be scared of. Yeah, well, and it's like a friend of me who's willing to kill you. I have seen a lot of movies, and Mia Farrow playing Jackie sticks in my head. I haven't seen that movie in a, young, a long time. I haven't seen it recently. Who plays um, but, uh, Lynette? Nobody I could heard of. Um, if I mean, if if Mia Farrow is Jackie, like who's supposed to be the glamorous one? Mia Farrow is the glamorous one, right? I know, right? Uh, uh, oh, I recognize her face. I think she was a Bond girl. Yeah, she was. Nineteen seventy-eight. Um, is that the one we're looking at? Yeah. Louise Childs? Yeah, she was in she was in uh Moonraker, so she was a Bond girl in Moonraker. The year after this. Oh yeah, she's beautiful. So Oh there's Sarah's Wonder Woman. Oh, someone just literally put her head on woman or woman. I can see why. No, 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 no. But Gail Godot pl- plays Lynette, so Wonder Woman plays Lynette. 
Uh, in the new adaptation. No, okay, I'm just saying that someone on the internet had cut and paste Louise Childs' head onto probably oh. Linda Carter's body. Okay, interesting. I mean, it's okay. an archetype. Yeah. Internet's weird, so, but, you know. So, but she's she's beautiful. So, but it's Oh, there she is as a blonde girl. I see her. Yeah. So, you saying Bond girl or blonde girl? Bond. Bond. It's interesting, but I'm just saying though, that, like, who could be like this person overshadows Mia Farrow like the sun to the moon? Like Mia Farrow is a a presence, you know? Right. Well, and I wonder because, of course, is it um, also about dark versus blonde? So Mia Farrow was blonde, and then Louise Childs was um, brunette. Oh yeah, Mia Farrow's not giving diva; she's giving the crazy girl who will kill you in this yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, she's selling that. Yeah, I like that that red hair and that. Not no offense, Portia. Not that red hair is killing. <laughs> but her big eyes with that hair. Yeah, she's looking killy. I get it. Yeah. She's so, not looking glam. She's looking like the girl who would kill you. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's yeah. So it's funny because I remembered this plot from that movie more than from reading it and so I when I was reading it this time I did not get attached to Lynette on purpose because I was like I know she's going to die if I was reading it and uh, hadn't known that she was going to die oh my god this picture I just saw that's it's basically um, Simon and Lynette about to sit down to dinner um Lynette, who is Louise Lois, 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 let me Lois Childs. Yeah, I want to say Chiles, but that's probably not right. <laughs> Lois Childs. <laughs> She's like in this like drop net J Lo, nearly naval level dress. Like, ugh, glamour. I get it. Okay, it's... you gotta show me this picture. I'm going to send you, like, this picture, like, ugh, I get it. Okay, wait, hold on. How do I, internet. <laughs> With this, she is in this, like, literal J-Lo. In fact, J-Lo's dress is a knockoff of this from the 1978. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Like, look at that. She's glamour personified. Like, look at that drop neck. Not quite to the navel neckline, but nearly. Yeah. Beautiful. Right? Yeah, and then Mia Farrow is busy, like, And that suffering. is a, that, that light green And then, by sequined. the way, I Ugh. think... Finger waves? Um, Ugh. I'm sorry, were we talking about a book? <laughs> no, I'm just obsessed with her dress. I, I also think that... Um, <laughs> Angela Lansbury had a whole like loved being in this not playing either like a Miss Marple type or you know she just had a ball overacting playing Mrs. Otterborn I remember that okay now you may want to watch it for Angela Lansbury but she had she had a lot of fun playing it anyway oh I can oh my gosh look at her headpiece oh Oh, yeah look at her Looking at pictures, yeah, because she was just like, oh, yeah. Oh, she's adorable. Oh, look at her. She's character-asking for her life. 
Yeah. Look at these hats. Look at these headpieces. Yes. Okay. I want to watch it just for her, but I hate the plot so much. I know, right? But no, literally, like, watching her face in this, I might watch it just for her and Peter Ustinov. Yeah, so I think that there's a lot of fun. The eyeliner on Angela Lansbury on this. <laughs> we could do a whole other podcast of you and I watching movies <laughs> based on these books. And then talking about the fashion and the acting and the... I mean, we did that for one of the early Oh my ones. gosh, I'm looking at pictures of this and, and McGonagall is wearing very men, man clothes. She's basically in drag. I saw that one. Well, maybe not in drag, but maybe she was just MOC. Um, what's well, her name? I mean, what's, what's, her, what's the actress's name? Maggie Smith. But, you know, you wouldn't think of McGonagall as being able to pull that off. It looks really good. Is that who? Okay, because I saw someone in one of the scenes wearing a suit and like, yes, she better be butch. Yes. <gasps> oh my god. I've never been more attracted to McGonagall than I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> Look I mean, at her with that three-piece suit and the cigarette and the finger waves. Ugh. Yeah, there's a lot of great finger waves. But do it in a, on a butch lady and I'm sold yes <gasps> i didn't realize she was butch in this okay now i gotta watch this even though i hate it i know right <gasps> look at this one this is gonna be so hard to edit why am i doing on these rabbit holes <laughs> while we're recording and I gotta, i'm the one who has to edit it but look at this one okay she's so those. butch oh yeah look at her I see why you said drag, but she's oh my god, the not, neck yeah, wear. Drag is not drag is not the right word. She I see why you said saying, it, but like she's just butch. Yeah. I was yeah, not using the right term. She was supposed to be which one? Miss Bowers, the nurse. That's oh. Oh, because she manages her. Oh. The one okay, who, whose like, vision the... was that? Because that was that masculinity was not in the original text. So I want to know, right? Who, who said, was it? Know? The director was it? Maggie Smith? Who was right. like, let's make her butch? Yeah, because it's super hot. And then Angela Lansbury is his caricature. Right, oh my like God. who? Because yeah, when you read Mrs. Otterborn, she just sounds kind of silly. But when you look at those that outfit and the hats and the eyeliner you could just imagine her just being like you know just having a ball acting her way through that yeah oh my gosh wait okay where are bobby sandwiches did you still haven't given a number we have been on seven sandwiches five maybe a five yeah, four or five. Ooh, four, five. That's low. I don't know, but I. I I'm not, and I'm not judging. I'm just remarking. I, I think I might be influenced by the fact that you hate it because I'm so sorry. But I also, it's not one that I've reread. It is not one of my like, oh, it's my go-to favorite because I think because of the reason of like, like, oh, boy, it's hard to give a shit about any of these people except for the socialists. Who also doesn't have any reason to be there except for being vaguely suspicious, right? And then, and then, right? He pulls right out. 
Like, he's the only one you like, but he doesn't solve it, or he doesn't... Yeah, that's a good point. Like He's, he's, one, of the, he's one of the few likable characters, and he pulls right out. Right, and he doesn't do anything. He you don't have, He's not suffering. He doesn't get seriously um, under suspicion. Right, he's and I and I there. and I was asking myself that, like, why do I like? I think this is the first one besides the big four that I was like hated it. But like, I, but I think you made the good point that um, it's because there's no likable characters. I didn't I didn't figure that out. Yeah. Except for the um, socialist, and yeah, he's hardly there. So yeah, but it's interesting. Like this one has been adapted into uh, many movies, and Man in the Brown Suit, my favorite, not adapted into many movies. You know, like yeah, I was that's interesting, better... right? How do they make those choices? Well, for starters the person who solves the crime is a young woman and Kenneth Branagh is directing for the Right, one. and right. We know that Kenneth Branagh writes himself into anything. He can direct himself. Ugh. So when you have, like, you're a man who's got his own production studio and could, all, you know, direct yourself, very rarely do you get the young woman who says, let's let's make a story about the young woman solving the crime right and has her own production studio that's a very fair point it's about power and oh yeah where yes because Poirot you can play when you're speaking of it have you seen Tenet yet no the only reason I know the name Kenneth Branagh is because of watching Tenet and overanalyzing it with B my girlfriend because it is awesome and also makes no sense and so you have to talk about it a lot and watch it four times and then like be like wait a minute hold on what's happening so you have to talk about it a lot which is like enough to imprint an actor's name in Amanda's head and then hear my girlfriend's rant about Kenneth Branagh and his ego and how he wrote himself into the movie and how his part is overwritten so that he will have more dialogue because it doesn't really make sense because basically it's like what why and they're like oh yeah that makes sense because he's directing it (laughs) but it's so good and also so not good you have to see it okay i have a long list of things i have to see oh well yeah but yeah that's that's what it's like to live now yeah there's a, a lot of great things to entertain yourself with so and a lot of things that are like great but not great but you still need to and entertain yourself with them and when i'm tired and the kids have a nap and i need a break i'm watching hot mess house right now so what is that oh my gosh it's about an organizer who goes into people who have been hoarding and helps them figure out their organization style and she does two people an episode and hot mess house hot mess house and guess what I told mom about it. And she started watching it. <gasps> Shut up. And she watched it without emotional triggers? Well, I there's a lot of explain, uh, explaining where people are like, eh, this happened and I feel so ashamed. I'm so embarrassed, all ashamed, you know, all these feelings. And she'd be like, yeah, this happens to everybody. It's okay. It's not 
It's not nobody, judgy. It's not judgy. And she just talks about, hey, you've been, she has four different organizational styles. And she's like, you've been trying, she calls them clutter bugs. They're all like, there's ladybug, cricket, butterfly, and bee. <laughs> and so she's like, you've been trying to organize like a bee, but you're actually like a ladybug. So of course you're not going to keep it up. I need to know what I am. I'm glad I'm going to fix myself. I know. I've really, I've, yeah, I've enjoyed it. And she started the first, the series started during pandemic. So it was her just zooming with people and they would show her like over camera. But the second season, she's actually going in and like. Okay. I'm going to watch it. Hot mess house. She's also Canadian. So she says. (gasps) Oh, if it's Canadian, it makes it so much better. You can't feel that judged by a Canadian, but like they're judged, but they still love you. I know, right? I, I she's, I, I'm guessing she's Canadian because the accent, the accent yeah. But, but she anyway. doesn't make you feel bad about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, yeah, but there's all these great stories. You know, and all these she doesn't great... make you feel bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> There's all these great stories and movies and like deep things, and but when I'm like tired and I'm like no 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 I need to watch somebody else's life get organized by a professional I, organizer. I love that. I love that. I'm gonna watch it. I know you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. Okay. All right. Well, we have given this a official four, maybe five. I guess we'll go with a four point five on the Porsche scale, influenced and... by my. Yeah, Which I feel bad about. It. But it's okay. I mean, and but again, but I'm, also, really, I'm gonna watch that 1978 film now after seeing Maggie Smith, Butch, and, and Angela Lansbury doing whatever she's doing. I'm I'm excited actually to see this now. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, actually, I was using the wrong word. Wrong. Angela Lansbury is practically what we would call drag because she's got all of the makeup and all of, but she's not cross, you know, she's not changing genders. She's just doing as much of the, all of the things that you can Oh do. yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. She, she, yeah, she's, she's got feathers and all the things. No, but I mean, no, but I think, do think like on the masculine side, McGonagall, Maggie Smith is doing, you know, definitely performing at performing masculinity, but to me, she's doing on the way. And again, I don't, not trying to shame you for not whatever, but I think she's doing it on the way that people do it on the daily. You know, sure. people that yeah. I am attracted to do every day versus when they go on stage. Right. And but she's, but she's also, not wearing a mustache and beard. She's just wearing oh, men's yeah, clothing I mean, in a how, very hot way. And I'm thinking about with Professor Gonagol in new ways now. But also how unusual <laughs> is that for 1978 for them to be like, yeah, we're going to make like this major character and this major actress and that's the way she's doing it. Like, yeah, that's what I was like. I was wondering whose decision that was because somebody gay at the studios was like, "Let's do her gay." Yeah, yeah. And now I want to watch the I want to watch the portrayal to see how it comes across because just by looking at her clothes, I'm like gay. But you know, I say that when things are not necessarily gay. I just like to say that. right. Um, okay, I'm looking up what is the next book, Portia? Uh, what is the next book, Portia? Oh yeah, ooh, Murder in the Muse. Okay, let's do that. Appointment with Death, I didn't like. Oh, maybe I didn't like it. Uh-oh, we're influencing each other too much. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> okay, 
So are we, are we gonna are we skipping Mirror and the Muse or are we doing it? No, no, no. Let's do that. That's good then because okay. it's also it's a compilation, but it's only it's short. Right. So um, let's do Mirror and the Muse. I feel like that one had a big impact on me. I don't remember why now. Okay. Well, we're gonna have to. So next time will be Murder and the Muse. Okay. So, Murder and the Muse is next. Thank you for joining us on Borrow Pod, and Burrow we will Pod. see you next time. All right. Bye bye. Thank you.